Well, I saw your questions. Oh, those are my questions. Those oh. are what I'm going to ask you. I, did, I, I didn't want to forget in the moment. Well, they are great questions. Okay. And and I, I just wanted to bring up uh, a TV show that it Please brought do. to mind. So I'm, I was growing up in Tel Aviv. Yes. We had a TV. It showed soccer. That's what I remember, soccer and yeah. Roseanne. Roseanne, like, really sticks out as, like, a nostalgic yeah. imprint, imprint, screen imprint. But I have to say, like, um, my relationship to screen time is, like, that of my relationship to sugar. Oh. Like, it feels yeah. like you're not supposed to enjoy it. You are listening to Lofty Conversations. This episode, Daphna and I sit down to talk about screen time. One of the questions I wanted to ask is the relationship you have with screen time and how it influences your your parenting style where do you think that is coming from where do you think that influence around how you're supposed to feel about screen time and was it always the case or did it change over time because i think about as a kid the only thing i remember about screen time well i remember a couple of things one you always had to be six feet away I don't know why, but that was just a thing. Yeah. My parents were like, you need to sit six feet away. You got to be one dad length away because my dad was like six foot one. And so we're like, okay, all right, six feet, we're good. It didn't really matter how long we were watching. It was just, you got to be six feet away. But then I think probably when I was like nine or 10, I had cousins from California and they came to visit and they said, oh, our parents only let us watch one hour of TV a day. And I said, oh, my God. I'm like, that's so abusive. <laughs> I'm like, when I think about it, like, I start at 6 and then maybe stop around 8.30. Sure. You know, like, I got to watch my primetime television. That's what I would do. Yes. And it was a family affair. Yes. So we would have dinner. There was usually something yes. at least at 7 o'clock that okay. we would all watch together. And I think that's why I never really had an issue with screen time because it was a communal thing. It wasn't the way that it kind of feels more common today of sitting alone with a device, sure. you know, very close to you versus sitting in a living room, den, family room, um, and everybody's just kind of on a couch watching something at a distance and laughing about it together, talking about what's happening. Um, that was my experience. So I have a positive association with that style of screen time. Yeah, that makes sense. And I do, now that you're talking, it reminds me, um, I grew up in a single family home part of the week and the other part of the week with my dad and my stepmom. And so I think my mom did really rely on screens yeah. as she's like making dinner. Yeah. So like Simpson, Sim, the Simpsons was, was always on yep. right before dinner. Yep. Star Trek, The Next Generation was always on. Yeah. But it, and it was like, it was familial. It was mm -hmm. like part of the 
experience of everyone. We were all yeah. involved in it yeah. in some way. And I do really think that there is that shift of consumption in isolation that feels Yeah, that's a really good way of putting different. it. Different. Yeah. Um, but I do remember, like, I think my mom had some guilt around accessing screens as a diversion while she's busy doing something else. And maybe like I internalized that or something like that. But I do remember hearing messages about like not being so close, mm -hmm. something happening to your brain. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, that, that message was myths. definitely there. It's like, oh, TV will rot your brain. Yes. It was sort of almost like an underlying joke that never, it's the same way with like sugar, like, oh yeah, don't have too much sugar, it'll yeah. rot your teeth. And I'm like, okay, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> you know, so I, I don't think there was, it wasn't taken as seriously. It's almost like the same shift you saw from smoking. It, mm -hmm. I would not equate screen time to smoking, but okay. it's like the people in the generations prior to like the 1980s and 90s were just like, whatever, well, I know smoking is bad for me, but so what, I'm going to smoke. And then now with screen time, it's like, well, I know I probably shouldn't be on the screens that much. At least when we were kids, people were like, yeah, we probably shouldn't watch so much, but we do it anyway. And now it's like, oh my God, if you watch too many screens, your kids are going to end up whatever, you know, sure. fill in the blank. Yeah. And so I wonder, have we taken on too much of that sort of doomsday thinking of it's sort of all or none? Like if our kids are exposed to any screens at all, then it's going to be a detriment to their health. I mean, I've even heard, you know, teachers quoting like, oh, yeah, any child that has screens before the age of three, like they're going to be developmentally delayed. And I was like, well, where's that coming from? You know, I always I'm always reluctant to accept when somebody says the research says what research, you know, anybody can claim that they have research. And it's just sort of a loose way of, in my mind, my mind sounding like an authority. Sure. You know, so. I'm always curious and skeptical when it just says the research, like let's fill in the blank there. What does the research mean? What type of research is being done? So that's another thing that I would often encourage parents to consider. It's like, mm -hmm. if you're gonna hear terms like the research, maybe look into that a little mm -hmm. bit more if you're gonna accept it sort of without question. And there's like the anecdotal experience, like yeah. just even you know the other night and I share this with you, just like sitting on the couch and I'm, you know, mind numbingly scrolling through whatever. Yeah. Um, and then my child is seated next to me, but she's also mind numbingly, you know, watching whatever it is. Um, and, and we're not connecting and I'm not feeling good. I'm just escaping yeah. maybe, right? Yeah. And is, and is that okay? And and I know there's also like a shift in like radical rest and how valuable it is to to rest in such a productive like grind heavy society. But I don't know if that's I don't know if that's rest because I don't think it's very filling. It feels like it just kind of perpetuates the void. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, are you are, do you feel restored afterward? Yeah. And if you don't, then it probably isn't no. what you're hoping for when it comes to that. Well, and it, the systems are set up for like the dopamine, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, like you the get that spike. Kick. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so you can just feel you're perpetually hungry and unsated, right? Yes. Um, and I think um, with COVID, I think we relied a lot on alternative ways to um, 
to rest and feel entertained and um, distract because we were on Zoom or um, working, answering telephone calls. And then we had like the two-year-olds. A lot of us had like COVID kids, you know, growing up in COVID. Um, And now I'm really feeling the residual um, effects of all of that time. And so I feel like right now I'm I'm trying to like backtrack and try to like reestablish our relationships to screens. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's, um, it's really tied in with boundaries and, um, limit testing and negotiations and oh, things absolutely. like that. Yeah. No, I, I regularly have to deal in negotiations and I think it goes back to something that you were saying the last time we talked, just this idea of have boundaries been set, have expectations been set and what's sort of the general family plan that's been laid out. And then from there, that's where the negotiations start versus, hey, it's a blank slate and you can negotiate however you want because no terms have been you know, set out. And I think that's the part that I work from at home is, well, we've already sort of established some norms. And in some ways, COVID helped um, us because we were home so much together that we were forced to start making some decisions about how we were going to behave together at home. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike now where it's like, well, really the amount of time we spend at home together is three, maybe four hours before everybody's supposed to go to bed, you know? So it's a pretty short window versus before like 24 seven, you're always here. Um, so I think when we were in that COVID moment, we were able to start saying, all right, well, um, during these time periods, this seems like a good time for us to be able to do screen time or watch shows. Um, screen time on devices is less of an issue at home, uh, versus screen time watching television. Mm, So, mm -hmm. um, usually that's the part that has to be negotiated. It's, can I watch a show? Well, for how long, how many parts is this show? What is the content of the show? And, um, I actually feel encouraged by, the options that are out there, you know, before when it came to shows that were educational or, you know, SEL supporting kind of emotional learning and um, general education, there was like one or two. It was like, you could watch PBS, you could watch Sesame Street. And when that was done, it was pretty much all consumer based and, Mm -hmm. you know, sitcom based. But now, I mean, like there's no limit to what I can find for my Mm -hmm. children to watch. Mm -hmm. And so, that's sort of nice where I can say, all right, you can pick a show, but it needs to be in this category. And there aren't going to be any commercials. So I know you're only going to be watching for the length of time that this show is. And it's going to be all content. And I can decide if it's going to continue to loop or if the TV just stops playing and you have to put in a code. So there's a lot of ways that I've found that if I want there to be limits and I want to make those limits clear to my children that there are options to do that. The technology is actually supporting it. But on the other side, if you're not familiar with that, you're likely to get caught in that loop of it auto plays mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the children are just picking whatever they want. I don't know what the good content is. So I think that's where we as educators can help families and just directing them toward, hey, if we know that this is going to be happening, here are some better options. It's like, hey, we know that they want something sweet, but maybe we can offer you reduced sugar, you know, juice, <laughs> or we can have this candy that's made from 
um, you know, more natural ingredients. So I think that's where I'm trying to negotiate. It's not about take it all away, but what's the healthiest choice within the realm of screen time? So, I mean, it brings up the like perfect metaphor for screen time and like consumption of food. Yeah. Um, so I'm hearing that they're not all screen experiences are created equally yes. um, that we could be exposed to, um, you know, like Mattel commercials. Like, yeah. oh, yes, like the 90s. I yeah. wanted all the pog things and yeah. all the trolls <laughs> exactly. and all of that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so like now your kids watching Daniel Tiger and yeah. that's the world that they're in. Yeah. So. So just like food, um, we're just being diligent about like what they're consuming. Maybe you can talk a little bit about like your, your take as a director of technology and like talk a little bit about the different kinds of forms of screen time that children can access. Yeah. Um, well, I think it usually starts with when does a child first get access to uh, a mobile device because I think that's usually where it becomes more challenging whether a device is theirs or if it's a family device if it's a you know parent device and then how does that get negotiated and so when I think about screen time with children um, where I see often the dilemmas are a child is given a personal device early and then you're trying to maintain control over that mm. when you're not always present mm -hmm, you know and so mm -hmm. that's the part that i've been trying to work with parents in saying that it's okay to set your own values and standards around when a child gets a personal device why do they need it mm -hmm. i think that's the bigger question mm. uh saying that all of their classmates have it or their relatives have it shouldn't be the justification it should be hey there's a purpose to this and so when i think about my own personal experience um one of the reasons we got a personal device for our oldest who's nine in the third grade um was primarily for audiobooks um because uh, he really liked listening to audiobooks and it was actually less expensive to buy an amazon fire tablet and to provide him with a phone. And the Amazon Fire tablet really had strong parental controls. And so we could say, you can listen to all the audiobooks you want. You can play apps for 15 minutes a day, and we can decide what apps those are gonna be. You can do eBooks, but we're gonna put a limit on that too, because we don't want you staring on the screen. Sure. Um, and it just made it really manageable. And it felt like it wasn't about having the device for the sake of having the device, but we started with the conversation of where well, we're giving you this so that you can do your play or do your work and have that nice little audio book in the background. Or um, he was having a hard time sleeping, which was a topic that we were gonna talk about later on, about yeah. how do we help children with our, their sleep patterns. And there was a sense of comfort to each night having an audio book help mm. them fall asleep. And we would mm -hmm. find sleep time stories or calm stories and he could just let that play out and it worked wonders. It was like he wouldn't need to get up and come into our room for support. We would just look in there, you know, for the first 15 minutes, he'd kind of be sitting listening to it. You check in about 15 minutes later, you'd see him kind of head down, eyes closed, but still awake. And then 45 minutes in, he was down, you know, and I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing. You know, so there was something about that use of technology that 
was great, in my opinion, and could be used in a powerful way. But it's not for everybody. Making those decisions feels like so much in the future. But the reality is like the value building starts now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I'm hearing, too, is like in your home, you've discovered that devices don't always have to be feared. Like there there are some, some gains and um, it's really similar to the, like the food metaphor, like we are deciding what the child is going to be exposed to, to be able to choose to eat. Yes. They get to decide, you know, how much they're going to consume and, exactly. and whatever. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes we, we do things without thinking, like we mm-hmm. just get into habits and routines. Yeah. And so the intention, the intentionality is not there. Yeah. Um, so I love the idea of sitting with your partner, with your family and like, deciding like what are our baseline values and even like what's your relationship like I don't think I knew out loud that I have a sense of guilt around screens yeah like I I don't think I recognize that so no it it makes sense that I've been sort of wishy-washy with my own kid about like sure you can watch a little bit more no you can't like Mm -hmm. every day she didn't really know um so it makes sense like at the bottom of that is like I'm not really sure my what my relationship is Mm -hmm. um and so if I can figure out with my partner, like what our values are and then creating a plan and maybe it's very arbitrary at the beginning and like yeah. not based in any reality. Yeah. Um, and I shared with you that we created kind of like a calendar for screens. And I think for me, it's like, you know, it's so much easier to help a child transition when you use a timer. Like, oh, the timer went off. It's wonderful. <laughs> I use the timer every single day. Because it's yeah. not you. It's displaced. And so, yeah. the, like, the power struggle is not, it's not mom or dad saying yeah. you got to do this. It's like the timer. Exactly. The timer said so. So, similarly, like, I can rely on the calendar. Like, we talked about this. We had an agreement about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we can look at that. And it's, you know, she can draw and write whatever she wants to represent what she understands about our agreement. But like Tuesdays and Thursdays, she gets to watch one show that has two parts and it's visually represented. And um, she also knows like the start and end of it because we definitely had had times where she knows it's the last show. And then we say, do you want to turn it off or do you want us to turn it off? And then there's that pause. The next show starts looping up yep. and then you have to take the remote exactly. and then you turn it off and then the kicking starts yep. and the wailing starts. <laughs> and yes. you're like, we just talked about I, this. I know, but they get caught up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. I, I notice that a lot even now, like we'll make an agreement and then they'll get into it. They become zombies yes. as they watch. Yes. Um, and then I'm like, all right, it's time to turn it off. And it's like, Oh, wait, no. no. Yeah. Yes. So mm-hmm. I I do agree that having sort of this outside regulator really gives them either a sense of this is more fair because now I'm in the mode with our youngest, who's four, saying the terms, that's not fair. Mm, beautiful. Like, yep. And I say, Great. okay, well, let's <laughs> unpack that a little bit. What's unfair about this? It's just not fair. Yeah. So. I, I really do like using the timers. Hey, you heard the timer go off yeah. and saying beforehand, this timer is set for this long. I know you don't have a full grasp of how long things are, yeah, but sure. when you hear this go yeah. off, you know it's time to shut down. And it actually has improved some of those um, conflicts that would usually occur. Another thing that I've gotten in the habit of doing is just saying why I'm doing it. I mean, I think when you can have those great uh, metaphors or analogies of, 
Well, it's the same way when you eat healthy, you know, like if you eat too many bad foods, your tummy starts to hurt. You remember that time mm. you ate too much candy, you said it made your tummy hurt. Well, we're kind of going the same thing. We don't want you to watch too many things that eventually like you just, you're not able to sleep or you're not mm. able to feel good and you're not able to get exercise. Like we want you to be exposed to a variety of things. And I think that's the number one thing, like try to be honest with your children. Don't perpetuate myths or go off of fears. It's more like, no, how many shows did you watch today? Oh, I watched two. Okay, I think it's a good idea to try something else. But then I have to be willing to say, all right, no more shows. Why don't we go and read this book together? Yes. Or, hey, would you like to play Scrabble with me? Yes. You know, some other offering. And then sometimes it's something in the middle where it's like, hey, would you like to listen to a trivia podcast with me? And I found a really great one that's for children kind of between the ages of six and 10. Hmm. And so I'm like, it's a 15 minute podcast. Let's listen to it together. We can see how many we know. Um, and then sometimes our oldest will say, no, I don't really want to do anything together. They actually liked the alone time of watching a show. And I said, well, is there something else you can do alone? Yeah, I think I'm going to go up in my room and draw. But it's because we've exposed them to all these things. So you sort of have to have a big tool belt or toolkit of resources. Sure. So it can't just be, well, my only option is TV or sit here, you yes. know, or right. play on my tablet or sit here. Yes, so. exactly. I think... Um, whenever we're talking about uh, undesired behavior, quote unquote, yeah. like we got to figure out what's the replacement. What are these? What is the other offer? To rewind us, it sounds like number one, figure out how do you feel about it. How do you feel about screen times? How do you feel about devices? Yeah. And and what's the spectrum of their uses? Like, do you feel the same way about podcasts yeah. as you do about, you know? watching Roseanne or, <laughs> or, you know, using an iPad to draw something Yeah, like, how does that fit? And then, so like, what are your, what are your values and what's the plan and that you start off as arbitrary and as you need, and then you can yeah. kind of narrow it down or broaden it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you and I talked about too, just like permission to have flexibility. Absolutely. Because plans got to change sometimes. They do. Um, you got a sick child. Yeah. You're on a two-week break. Yeah. And I think that the onus really is, like, I want to give families um, permission to be in charge. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to what we've discussed before, that the underlying theme is not technology. The underlying theme is parenting, behavior management. Um, family expectations, how do you set that up to truly reflect what you value? And then how do you keep, you know, supporting that, nurturing those values within your child so that eventually they come around? I think one of the biggest milestones, well, not the biggest, but one that I feel really good about is it started off, we let our oldest use our phone, an old phone, and he immediately started saying, where's my phone? Mm. And I would regularly say, do you mean where's the gray phone? And if, I would say, even as yesterday, he came downstairs, he said, Dad, do you know where the gray phone is? And every time he says that, it just makes me happy because like, he knows that this is a tool for a certain purpose mm -hmm. rather mm -hmm. than this is my property that mm. I can use whenever I feel like sure. it. And so when he chooses to use it, he has intentionality versus the, oh, I just want to go on it and veg out. Yeah. You know, so I think there's something about that where if you remain consistent, just like with teaching children 
manners or politeness that you value or the way that you conduct yourself at home. Same thing in my mind when it comes to using technology. Thank you for listening to this episode of Lofty Conversations. For resources related to this episode, check out the links in the description. Follow us on social media at Lofty Convos, L-O-F-T-Y-C-O-N-V-O-S. And look for us wherever you get your podcasts.